Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, kicking you to live with another episode of the Beckons of the Herald of Steel campaign with the adventure, the Herald? Yeah, yeah. It'd be weird if it was Harold. Uh, but the Herald uh, and the quest, The Past. In the last few episodes of the show, uh, party have been ransacking, ravaging, smashing, and destroying the innocent frost giants who call the uh, frost giant lair home. Uh, Tragaloka, uh, the, the maiden raiding over this place, has yet to be seen. But after absolutely wiping the entire place and setting up a workplace incident with one slipping and falling off a bridge, the party have left wounded and battered, finding that it would be a better idea to come back well-heeled and ready to go rather than try to take her on uh, at the current lacking spells, lacking HP, special abilities, etc. So the party set up a little camp after flying away. Um, yeah, and we ended having taken a long rest. So everybody's fully uh, good to go with that stuff. Um, as far as regaining the short rest hit die there for that i'm pretty sure you only get half your level back right yep okay so yeah again it's summer so even being out here in the wild expanse of the north of firamore it's really not too bad it's definitely damp and smushy still just a little bit um but it's still breathtaking being out here uh looking up at the mountains in the north um, in the distance, not too far a journey, if you're flying by Air Jarzak, um, you can see the uh, Frost Giant's crag still pretty easily uh, in the distance. But the uh, last episode, the party were discussing what the best plan would be at this point, if they wanted to have something of an all-out fight with her, if they wanted to discuss things with her. And I know Anton's had some strong feelings about uh, their innocence and all of this violence. So... Because the question is, what's your plan at this point? Well, everybody, we do have to go back. Um, are we gonna try and talk to her when we do? Well, Plika, as you witnessed, they they don't even want to try to talk to us. They just ignore us. Jarek, we we actually did talk to one of them last time. Remember the Verbeek? He walked. Yeah, after you were a snowman, you came out of that, and then Anton talked to one of the Verbeeks, and he walked off. I would never be a snowman. Hmm. 
Hmm. I, I is not sure if she just made that whole thing up. <laughs> she had no proof otherwise. The grasp shot. of reality just shook. Yeah. Like, the, I was never a snowman, just... <laughs> yeah. Does Jarzak know he was a snowman? <laughs> oh, like, yeah, Jarzak's very well aware. He oh, I was aware? Okay. Had, <laughs> yeah, he had a little snow family, little snow friends. He lived an entire snow lifetime in that dimension. Uh, it was just 30 years gone by, just get pulled back, just... No... Right. All of a sudden he pops out to Klika being like, you're so filthy. <laughs> Jarzak <laughs> looks down and is now, you know, impure skin, not the snow. And he's like, fuck. <laughs> I love well, it. I... I hope at one point in the campaign you guys get a wish and Jarzak immediately just wishes to be a snowman again. Just jumps in in front of everybody. I wish I was a snowman. And just, just I wish to be back with my snow family. <laughs> That's good. Well, I agree. We okay. must go back. The only thing I fear is I don't know if they'll even want I think I agree. I don't think they'll want to talk at this point. It's not I mean, like we went in there without swinging. We came in there swinging. So. I think at this point they kind of have to talk if we want them to. There is more than one kind of parlay engine. There's the kind that you have before battle, and there's the kind that you have after. This would be the latter. Would you like to take the lead on this, Morhill? Yeah, you I just can certainly try. You just threaten their life, too, if they want to join their comrades. If they don't do what you say. It's easy. Yeah, honestly, Jarzak, this feels the most up your alley. They don't talk to me, Klika. I, I I would have tried. May, you know what, Jarzak? Just one more time, give it a shot. <sighs> this is what the third it's time I'm going to try to talk to him. <laughs> Jarzak's just going to go off the fucking edge. Yeah. Maybe like trying to pull you off of her, her bloody corpse, just Jarzak <laughs> beat the Christ out of her They're like, yeah, we didn't even roll for initiative. You just kind of blacked out and just started going yeah, crazy Yeah, we also know that Jarzak has a thing for strong and powerful women. This might go in a totally different direction. Well, I mean, it, the, I don't think so, but the orcs do need a queen, so... I don't like thinking about literally <laughs> one inch of any of this. <laughs> Political marriages notwithstanding, I think that if we leverage the strength that we were able to bring to bear upon them correctly, Jarzak and I might be able to get Tragaloka to back off and leave Galad Bay alone. Sounds like Norhill is trying to throw down for his hand in marriage on this one. <laughs> He's trying to get his political marriage on. And then Norhill's already married. That's uh, his line is secure. Is it not on this <laughs> island? Anyway, the, the biggest dwarves you've ever seen. They'd <laughs> be roughly human sized. <laughs> but now they're blue. Anyway, um, okay. So, what's the plan for the party? Well, it looks like Do we want... the fortress was, it definitely has traps or alarms or something. Did we want to just try flying back instead of walking through the whole fortress again? 
Yes, uh, making as impressive an entrance as possible is going to be important. We don't want to look like we fled because we had to. Okay, which one of you is carrying, Kleeka? Yeah, and which one of you is uh, making us fly? <laughs> well, Tarzak, you're the only one who can. Mm. I guess I'll be the hero today. Jarzak will cast fly on Norhill and Anton. Isn't it? I, I think myself as well. Yeah, you get everyone yeah. but me. Yeah. Uh, before we go, Norhill is going to pull out uh, the Silverstein, uh, hold it up, and say to peaceful resolutions uh, and give everybody a plus two on intimidation rolls. <laughs> peaceful resolutions. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Oh god. Nice. The entire gang comes in there intimidating. Just everybody's got their war face on. You know, if we got four successful war face checks, I don't think we really have much to worry about. But okay. So with that Jarzak, uh what does it even look like when you make everybody fly? There's a nightmarish thought I have that you just like summon locusts underneath people, but <laughs> I feel like is it much of yeah, he has to pull down his gloves some because they come out of his bones. <laughs> so. It's very itchy. You know, we we're really being didn't... carried by bugs. <laughs> That's no. scary. It's just sentient darkness. Um it's way better. So we're we're, we're um, flying up on this place with all of our war faces being carried on the wind by wispy black mist. Yeah, like the face of the of the apocalypse. <laughs> I was gonna say. Oh, shit. Is that who we are? <laughs> uh oh. Wait. Oh, Norhill's no. war. Jarzak is. Uh, famine? What, pestilence? Pestilence? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, Anton is definitely famine because he's famine. the bread maker. Yeah. Mm. Oh, God. Wait. Just stop that makes Klika death. <laughs> so that, that leaves death for Yeah. Everything yeah, checks out. Uh oh. Like that. That's oh man! <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I'm really glad we're getting into this now. <laughs> the party have a flashback to Kleeka whispering the name of the party in that guy's ear. <laughs> it's just <laughs> the four horsemen ride, <laughs> <laughs> and Kleeka gets up, up. So you know, three horsemen ride, and then Kleeka's carried. Jarzak oh. is Kleeka's pale horse. <laughs> oh god well I'm glad we got this uh, arc of the storyline out of the way so with that the party fly through the air and as they're flying through the air I am going to need a perception check from everybody unless you'd like to do a investigation check I actually have a very minorly better bonus to investigation so uh, but that's still going to be a four Eight. Good. Ten. Twenty-two. Wait, you got what? Twenty-two. All right, so Eagle Eye Anton, right on the horse of famine, flying through the air. Um, as you guys are crossing over the, uh, I guess, newly thawed uh, wastelands of Firamore, you can see in the uh, distance down below that there is a roving band of Verbeeg heading south in the direction of Gallad Bay, where you've come from. 
And it seems like there's eight or so of them, and they seem to be in sort of a loose formation, just kind of trudging along. And it doesn't seem like any of them have noticed you. Did you say they were heading towards or away from? Towards Gallad Bay, away from the uh, hmm. frost giantess layer. I mean, if we're so intent on protecting the town, this is a possible opportunity to do it. Anton, why don't you ask them where they're going and what they're doing? How high are how high how high up are we really playing? I imagine like 200, 300 feet outside of the common view of most things. Yeah, I assume Anton always goes as high as he can before someone shouts at him to fly back down, <laughs> trying to get towards the sun. Good old Antichorus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, why do I feel like? Unless I'm misthinking, I think. I'm... Ronnie, you're muttering again. <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry. I'm mixing this up with a different thing. Um. Well, Auntie could say, "I'll. I can head down and we can start the parlays from there." I mean, it'll probably be good to at least know where they're if they're going to Gallup Bay to cause trouble or not. I, I don't imagine they'll tell us if they're causing trouble unless they don't care. But we could try. I mean, if they're just giant Bart Simpsons to go down <laughs> yeah, there, I they're mean, probably <laughs> if they're being sent down there, they're probably going to tell the others in the town to start causing shit so we might as well just end them here and then go right to the queen Fireball I, on this one. I was thinking that I'm not gonna lie I was thinking about dropping a fireball from the heavens I'm like that's kind of cruel so I don't think I'm gonna do that oh. I mean hey I'm you got like, a plus two to intimidate yeah I'm not letting that famine alter ego <laughs> Burn all your bread. That's <laughs> fucked up. Um, sure, I could start heading down and like yell halt or something and say like not another step or I could try that and giant. Okay. Darcy's we'll gonna uh... stay in the air very far away. <laughs> One single arrow. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Anton flutters down. Yeah, cape in the wind as you are lowering down. Um, they uh, definitely uh, take uh, notice of you and start brandishing spears in your direction, but they seem willing to hear you out as you fly from the heavens like fucking Doctor Strange. Well, yeah. I only got five, so. So you yelled a halt? Yeah, tried. Okay. So they all start brandishing weapons and getting ready to chuck them up at you in the sky. So we're going to roll for initiative then. I imagine the rest of the party was staying back. No, Nor uh, Nor Norhill would fly down with Anton. Yeah, I think it's just Jarzak. I mean, Klinko oh, doesn't Klinko, have fly, with... so and she doesn't have... Klinko, you want to stay with me or go to go with um, Jarzak? No, uh, yeah, no, 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 Norhill flies down with Anton. 
No, I'm talking about Zika. Oh. Um, yeah, if one of you wants to carry me down, that's fine. I guess Klika would probably have been back up with Norhill. And now that he's going down, he'll ask, or she'll ask Norhill to carry her down. Okie dokie. Oh, very well. Okay, well, for the initiative, I got a hot two. So uh, I hope other people got better than I did. Nope, one. Matt, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 20s for 25. 15. 18. I, but I'm attached to Norhill, so it doesn't matter. It's like a mount. Okay. Um, so he gets to move on your turn. Yeah. So yeah. As uh, Klika notices the Verbeeg start lifting up their spears and getting ready to chuck them up at you guys, what would you like to do? I guess dodge in Norhill's arms, wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then it goes to Anton. Hmm. Uh, just... I think I'm going to do a. How many Verbeegs are there? Directly at them. Eight of them. Eight, okay. Not directly at them, but I'm gonna shoot a sacred flame at the ground in front of them and try to yell out halt again, but a little bit more intimidating. Didn't go straight for the fireball. No, I'm trying to be smart. (laughs) Okay. So you lob it at the ground. Yeah. Okay. And you can roll for another Intimidate. Remember to add the plus two from Norhill. Yeah. And the magic cup. Uh, I got a 14. Okay. Okay. So with that, the Verbeeg sort of stop in their tracks, lower their weapons, and sort of step back a little bit, hearing your words now as you do such a thing. Apparently, wiggling Klika wasn't enough to intimidate them, but you shooting down your flashlight, they're like, <gasps> okay. So you have the floor. Oh, fuck, what you can speak. Uh, I guess I say, are you headed to Gallad Bay? Which one of you is in charge? Well, they, they all just kind of look amongst themselves, and one of them barks back and says, we are hunters. What are you hunting for? The elk? Yes. But do you intend to go to Gallad Bay? No. We are hunters. Can I do an insight? I was going to say, did they seem truthful? I got 22. I'm very lucky. Uh, I I actually somehow... I was going to say, I rolled a 19. I don't know how these Verbeek are so <laughs> <laughs> But the Verbeek are like, oh, no. And Anton's like, mm. you guys are just flying through the air 10 minutes later. Like, they were lying. Like, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> Meanwhile, Verbeek torch in the city. Yeah, no, these guys are damn well lying to you. They don't have a single bit of, of weaponry or anything built for taking down an elk, let alone hunting them and bringing it back. There's very clearly a party that is traveling at breakneck speed to get to Gallant Bay. Uh, and then he raises his lantern 
threateningly and it flares and he says, this is your one chance to return to your stronghold. If you don't, we will bring your corpses to your leader. Do you understand? You leave Gallup Bay B. And then one of them yells back and says, which fortress do you speak of? I don't know what the fortress is that's called. Particularly, is it just the? Is it just? There is a name for it. I think. Hold on. No, oh, no, no. I'm, I'm. They're not. I think they're just anticipating if you mean like a very big layer, or if you mean like Tragloka's layer. Tragloka's layer. I guess I'll say that. And with that, they all look to each other with a very pale look on their faces, and the same one chimes back and says, "We volunteered to leave." A strange and dark plague has fallen over the place. What kind of plague? Many of our t- many of our ranks have have died very brutal and violent deaths, and some have returned from the dead and now haunt the halls. Oh, what they have the killed fuck? a few. They have killed a few of our rank, but. They cannot be reasoned with. We think this is our best chance of survival. Klingle just looks up at Jarzak when they say they're coming back from the dead. Uh-oh. Our <laughs> I like thinking oh. that Norhill has to like rotate your torso Uh-oh. so you can see. <laughs> no, she does that like a little kid thing where she just scrambles up over you with no accountability. How that like just get Norhill's getting a boot in the face right now. Just no, it's not a boot. It's a fucking monkey foot. Let's it be is real a monkey here. foot. I forgot. I take yeah, it back. Yeah. I don't like this anymore. No, normally, Nordell is his mouth, but like th- that, <laughs> like it knocks him a couple of feet to the side in the air. He says, "If we help you rid your fortress of this plague, will you leave God Bay B?" With that, they look back and forth at one another trying to figure out if it's worth uh, avoiding you and your intimidation or, you know, they. it seems like they're definitely thinking it over in their heads. And the leader says, I cannot promise anything. I respect that. I, I guess I'll I, say, what's your name? If you have one. My name? And then with that, they all just kind of shake their heads and they say, we owe you not our name. Uh, Anson just shrugged and he says we are sworn to protect Gallup Bay at this time anyone who threatens it threatens us if you continue on that path we will not let you go any further do you understand you can roll roll intimidate on that because it definitely seems like they're like "Mm, we're still going to Gallup Bay and you guys have already connected those dots pretty well in the past so I only um Six. That's I rolled good. a three, so you're good. So <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so the most like blown over words you could possibly say. The Verbeek in the front just sort of, sort of takes a step back and he says, we, I, I understand. And he looks back and forth at the rest of them and says, there are other places we can go to. We will leave now. And with that, they just turn and start marching back northwest. And you can hear lots of uh, 
a lot of of uh, cursing under the breath of many of Arabic down there. I look at Klika and I say, I guess I get back to like the rest of the group and I look at Klika and like, remember when you mentioned when we met? Um, oh, I forgot the wizard's name. That you felt a pull, a tap into your magic. Yeah. And they mentioned undead. Do you think someone else was watching what we did up there? Hmm. That would suck. Well, at least we destroyed the bridge. And we can just fly over to that side of it. There's probably only a couple undead in that area. Let's just hope I could turn them. It's eyes says hopefully we saved Gallad Bay a little bit of time saving it moving wait are we talking like ghosts or what I think we're talking the ones we killed have come back I think that's what we're talking Jose oh man okay I guess I'm not gonna get to fight a ghost today no no promises Jose there can always be a ghost as long, as long we, gotta, as we gotta get going. <laughs> as long as there's no screaming lady ghost elves, Cleek is okay. Oh, yeah, that doesn't count that as a ghost. That wasn't, that wasn't... I don't count it. So, the party get back up to the uh, highest point they can go to without reaching antiquarous levels of hubris, <laughs> and the uh, party soar towards the mountainous crag that Trogloka calls home. Um, and upon entering the general vicinity, um, can I get another perception check from everybody? Sure. 11. Nine. 23. Fucking. <laughs> Jesus. Six. Anton senses something is very not right with this area. And there's like a certain smell of just purest evil in the air and as you come flying closer and closer to this rocky crag here um you can see amongst the snow and the sort of the uh, the the dirt and debris where the bridge was um that there is a pair of frost giants that appear to be wandering around aimlessly without even having weapons in their hands or anything just kind of moseying about um judging by your eagle eye vision they're slumped over nature, and they're like lacking of individual limbs, garments, and portions of flesh. It definitely seems like these guys are the undead, just kind of moseying about down there in the ditch. Wonder if I should bother turning them up. Maybe I should wait and do it when we actually need it. They're in a ditch. They're away from us. Maybe just let them go. Let's just speak with Tregaloka first. Uh, before we try to tackle any of the undead in this place. Because that conversation could still turn to violence. So is the plan for the party to land in the um, on the other side of the bridge where you guys were originally? Yeah. Or I guess before you left? Yeah, and speaking of that, do we use the link again? Yeah, I guess I should probably connect you guys to that. Um, <clears throat> okay. 
So if that is the case and that's where you guys are landing, you can tell that the bridge does not seem to be in such disrepair um, that you guys are, that somebody wouldn't be able to use this. You can tell that the part where it's been kind of sagging and hanging, it doesn't look like it's impassable. Like it looks like somebody with the right amount of balance would actually be able to cross it. Didn't we say we cut it yesterday before we left? Didn't Jarzak specifically do that? Oh, that's right, with the diamond and sword. So yeah, no, it's hamming absolutely limp. So don't worry about that. That's weird. I thought I saw the bridge was up, but (laughs) my eyes playing tricks on me. You got like a six. Let's calm down. Yeah, my eyes are playing tricks on me. (laughs) Couldn't see. So, um, okay. So with that, uh, the party land on that side where the bridge once was, and judging by, uh, sorry, by looking across where the bridge was at the other side, the entrance, the door is wide open, and there seems to be, like, light going on in the other side from where you guys are. The side that you guys are currently on still has no light, just like it didn't have before, Um, but yeah, so it looks like somebody or something might be on the other side of this bridge in the other doorway. But with that, the party lands gracefully here at the entrance. So what's your plan? I don't know if we should sneak over there, knowing there are some dead bodies over there. Uh, Wait, where are the two dead troll troll bodies? They're gone. They're gone? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Sneaking hasn't been my strong suit, or Norhill's, uh, ever. Just t- bang on my metal armor. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, do the party just want to continue deeper into the place? Yeah, I so- guess we'll stay towards the ceiling while we're flying. If we, yeah, still have flight, but if that's over, then we'll just. Move How long forward. does the flight work? I believe 10 minutes. Isn't it okay. an hour? Oh no, is it 10 minutes? I thought it was an hour and then... I was going to say, minutes. that flight would have worn off a while ago. Oh, Yeah, well, we would have had to do the same thing we did to get away, which is the Sure, sure. Fly cat yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So with that, the uh okay. So the party are inside of this side here. Uh, again, the entryway is filled with refuse and knocked over pillars, broken things. There's still sort of the remnants of the ice trap that had fallen before. Um, but from where you guys are standing, there is a hall that arcs back about 80 or so feet until it ends with a turn, um, turning to your right, going deeper within the place. So I guess my question is, now that we don't have flight anymore, what's the marching order? Well, Norhill's going to go first. Trezak can go last. Go second. Yeah, Kluga will be, I guess, in the middle. Doesn't really matter to Kluga. Look good. Okay, Uh, we can even say you guys are in something of a diamond shape. Um, yeah. Okay, 
So as the party continue down the hall, you pass by a couple of grotesque statues uh, in a couple of alcoves, one to the left and one to the right. Um, both of these statues uh, appear to be of like a fire giant. Um, or it may just be of a very, very tall and brawny looking dwarf. It's very hard to tell over sort of the centuries of aging that have taken place. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's very I don't know. I guess I'd say it's a very nice statue on either side. It just looks very grim and very brutal. Um, uh, but can Norhill yeah. attempt to make a stone cutting check to recognize uh, the original makers of that stonework? Yeah, go ahead. Twelve. Okay. Judging by the craftsmanship and the attention to certain details in the beards and the weapons, this definitely seems to be dwarfish work. Norhill frowns a little bit about that and continues on forward. Okay. So Just a little party, frown. So as the party... Oh, nice. As the party continue down this hallway, uh, you hear something in the distance coming from that uh, corner on the right down a hallway and it seems to echo but you hear the sound of dragging feet and a dragging metal blade across the ground but it sounds like it's very far away but it's just kind of dragging in the distance and the lumbering stomping of feet sounds like some big thing is just kind of lumbering about officially uh norhill's going to hold up a hand to call a halt uh and say there's something around that corner Everybody, be on your guard. Uh, so Norhill is going to step up uh, to the corner, you know, sort of keeping his back to the wall, and then just kind of peek around to see what he can see. Okay. So the first thing you see is that around the corner is a quick alcove with a pool of water that somehow is still warm enough that it's not frozen over by any means. I mean, I guess it is summertime, so it, it seems like it's warm, you know? Uh, the ambient steam of it and all that. Um, but I guess I would say more importantly to you is a large stairwell that goes down from here um, about probably like 50 or 60 feet. Um, and at the bottom from the angle you're standing at, you can see that there is a frost giant that seems to be officially lumbering around and kind of staring at nothingness. Judging by how it looks and how it's moving, it definitely seems to be undead. Judging by how little skin is left on its body, this seems to be just skeletal remains kind of moving around. We're undead. This one is armed. One second. I gotta see if I can turn it. And looking all the way across this vast expanse with the two staircases, one going down and one leading back up, making sort of like a triangular kind of dip shape, um, at the very end of the hall is a pair of torches um, uh, sort of fixed in sconces. And at the very end of this hall is a massive double door that seems to be the most ornate door you've seen in this entire stronghold. Um, and it is not far from the imagination to imagine that this could be Tregloka's lair. Um, at the bottom of the stairs and to the right is another pair of double doors that seem to have been left open. I doubt we'll be able to reason with the skeleton. 
So no, it looks like the I only way past it will be a bite. I'm just trying to find that on my sheet. It's my turn on dead button. Turning undead. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's just a wisdom saving throw for me. Divinity option in fifth edition. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure I just have to make a wisdom saving throw. Also, can Kliga tell from the way this thing was reduced to a skeleton? Does it look like troll bites? Like, I don't know if that's something Kliga could do with like a survival roll to see what murdered this thing. I mean, I would say it Excuse looks me. like it's been killed by lacerations and being stabbed and slashed at, but mm-hmm. it looks almost like something had hurried up the process of the rot. Or perhaps it's just preserved by the snow and ice in the area, but I don't know. It just seems kind of weird that there'd be a giant skeleton wandering around down here. I'm so sorry. I'm getting lost in my sheet. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and roll the uh, saving throw. Yeah, it's a it, it's a wisdom saving throw. Hmm. Uh, it's got to be within thirty feet, though. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, so I gotta head up to it. All right. So Anton feels very confident all of a sudden, and goes and rushes what to the top of the stairs. Yeah. Okay. So as you mosey to the top of the stairs, uh, does anybody follow you? Uh, Yeah, Norhill's going to go. I'm just measuring how far uh, uh, Norhill would have to be behind. He'd be like around behind. So. I mean, yeah, you guys could always just wait for the thing to react and come towards you. I find right. it hard to believe that if Anton stood at the top of the stairs that, you know what I mean, Critter wouldn't come just marching up the hill to come get you. So, okay. So Anton marches to the uh, top of the stairs. The skeleton, having seen the light of the lantern come illuminating the rest of this uh, the structure over here. Um, what is what is Anton going to say as he holds up the lantern to uh, turn the undead? Uh, I'm gonna say. Sorry, I'm reading as I'm doing this is bad. Uh, foul beast, return to your resting. Walk no more among these halls. Right. Like that. So as the frost giant comes rushing up the stairs, and you hold up your lantern, uh, brightly shining at it as you say this. The giant seems to stop in place, and with the emotionless, you know, uh, uh, the emotionless expression on its face being so skeletal, now that it's gotten so close, you can tell both of its eyeballs are missing out of its head, and the lack of a lower jaw makes it very difficult to read if your turning had worked. But as the thing slowly lowers the axe to the ground, dropping it with a clang, it goes like a toboggan, just kind of sliding down the stairs, banging on each stone as it does as the uh, frost giant seems to chase after it, rushing down to the bottom and running into the doorway that was open. So did it, did it fail? Hmm? Did it fail the turn? Yeah. So I'm trying to read some things because I have special things on a higher level now. So is it yeah, a fifth level? 
Yeah, it's it, it's not. It's definitely not CR one or lower. So you just managed to turn it, big old security giant. Well, what's a CR half or lower? It's a CR just, half creature is like a wolf. Yeah, like a skeleton and uh, stuff like that. Well, that's not oh, important. Oh. Yeah, the idea is that if you're turning like a horde of critters, um, uh, got it. Okay. As as zombies like to be. Um, but yeah, okay. So with that, uh, the store, the stairways before you seem to be completely open and available now, leading all the way up to the very well gilded uh, doorway. Wait, so we just ran down another hall? Yeah, yeah. Where else was it gonna go? Go up to the top of the stairs and kind of see where it went. Like, can I look down the hallway where it ran? Yeah, by all means. <laughs> I'm gonna do that. <laughs> okay. So as the party Doral follow turns behind dead. It, hey, wait. As the party follow behind it curiously, trying to see where it goes, it rushed into uh what appears to have been like a bedroom of sorts. Um, and it just seems to be like hanging out behind the bed and seems to be dodging out of the way of the light of your lantern once you come around the corner and look inside. Judging by how smattered and destroyed the bed is, as well as the uh, corpses in the corner here, um, this room may have belonged to the trolls. Awesome. That's fucking sad. All right, let's keep going up the stairs. Unless anyone wants to kill uh, him. Just take a little depression break on that one. Like... (laughs) Poor little guy. Uh, but yeah, and Nor Norhill will ask uh, Hafting the hammer side of the hook hammer. Should we attempt to put it out of its eternal misery, or simply leave it where it is? Well, if it's turned, well, like we try to attack it, what does it then kind of like? It has to attack us, or because I'm trying we'll to break out of its turning. It'll break out. I I, I look normally say if we want it to avoid us for now, we leave it be. Very well. And I mean, you guys can always it. take the door and lock it behind it and just kind of hope for the best that it's too stupid to remember where you went. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Nor- Norhill will do that. He'll uh, reach up and close the doors. <laughs> just like I shutting still, like... the door on a kid when it's in time, when they're in timeout, <laughs> just like <laughs> closing it slowly while keeping Go eye contact. Room. Yeah. Okay. And using one of the latch bars, you guys are able to close the door and lock it shut. Leaving before you the one imposing doorway. All right, well, that looks like a destination doorway if I've ever seen one. Let's just hope she's not dead. I mean, just a fucking zombie. Yeah, you never know. That would actually make things much easier. Yeah, if she's a zombie, we can just leave. (laughs) She's an intelligent undead. But knowing who we're, who our endgame is here, like that might not necessarily be a good thing. What wouldn't it? Because then, if he's the one raising all these dead, he'll have more things to fight the Herald of Steel with, or to fight us with. Oh, we'll see when we get there. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so we'll continue up the stairs to the door. 
Knock, knock. I was going to say. No, no, no. Norhill doesn't knock. Norhill just opens the doors like he owns the place. Okay. Once you go to do that, the doors seem to be locked. That's significantly less impressive than I'd hoped. No, I'm just kidding. So as you Uh, rush up and push the doors open, yeah, the doors fling open to a massive... Um, I don't even really know what to call this kind of room. I guess it would just be a throne room would be the best way to describe it. But this room is, again, fit for a giant, if if anybody really at all. Um, it is massive and imposing. Uh, there are four huge columns uh, at each of the corners here. This seems to be sort of the living quarter of uh, Tragloka. Tragloka herself seems to be seated at the throne at the back of this chamber. At each of the cardinal directions of this room, uh, there seems to be something of an alcove. Uh, one of them seems to be littered with treasure, all stacked upon a dragon's skull. Judging by the uh, build of the dragon's skull, uh, somebody who is kind of wise to these things and got to meet with Sarah Sillist, uh, it seems to be a silver dragon skull. But again, it's covered in gold and silver, jewelry and fine things. There's a massive bed in here, as well as a library. And there seems to be a pile of giant bones in the center of the room. Um, it doesn't seem to be like uh, animated by any means or anything like that. Uh, but it definitely seems like there is sort of the laid out remnants of, of giants. Um, but yeah, so as you guys enter this chamber, um, she seems to be seated at her throne. Uh, she is, again gargantuan because not only is she a frost giant but even for frost giants she is absolutely humongous and she is rippling with muscle she seems to be wearing darkened clothing as well as uh scrappy kind of armor sort of piecemealed together it seems to be things like scraps of chain mail and whatnot all slapped together over her but she also is wearing a black cape that seems to be with two dangling tentacles on the back of it uh at her side is a massive sword that seems to gleam and every once in a while crackle with static as she sits there looking back at you with her white hair kind of dangling in braids at either side and sort of draped over her shoulders she sits there imposingly as norhill kicks the door open like he owns the place she sits there as if you guys are just house cats coming in at the sound of a tin can opening and as she just sits there anticipating you She just leans forward in her chair just the slightest bit and barks out in giant and says, who are you that you think you can interrupt me in my contemplations? And Anton's the only one who really understands his language, so. Yeah. We have come to confront you regarding your raids on Gallad Bay. He spits this most unholy phlegmwad onto the floor and barks out in the common tongue and says, Gallad Bay, that city of dogs, I have sent some good men just over now to tell my ogre minions to commence the final act. Was that the like eight beer beaks? Turned away. And with that, she laughs at you and she says, you think I would trust Verbeegs with such a task? You are fools. You have lost in your slumber. Uh, 
how did your men get out? She says, I have my ways. As you may have noticed, where one of my soldiers falls, and she points to the pile of bones in the middle of the room, she says, many more will take their place. I am not held down by the ways of my ancestors, nor those who would claim to be jarls and kings above me. I am Tragloka. I am maiden and queen of this land. Soon you will recognize me as such. Gallad Bay will fall and will be raised again. Oh, shit. Is she a necromancer? Hmm. He is the necromancer. I'm just kidding. Oh, no. I would have, that would have been oh, weird. No. That would have been well- She's still, she's still she's, speaking giant, right? No, she's speaking common. Oh, okay. Um, Norhill is going to say, I doubt your claims are more than bluster. This power that says, you claim to have, I do not believe that it belongs to you. And with that she picks her greatsword up and sort of clangs it to the ground and uses it like propped up in the ground, sort of like stabs it into the stone. And I hate to say that it cuts into it like butter, but it's more like a very sharp hatchet slicing into oak. Like it just kind of like funks into it and gets stuck for a second. And as she does so, she says, perhaps I can enlighten you on the strength that I have. Sure, there is something that guides my fist and something that carries my blade through the wind. But I am in charge. I am always in control. The gifts I am given, they are rewards for my excellent behavior. There are those dark forces that watch out over us and those that smile upon me. Can you say the same? Jarzak, does she smell like the deceiver? Does she smell like the deceiver? (laughs) Yeah, not really. She's not really stinky, but not like the deceiver. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ain't no purpose here. There's like checks his neck for itchiness. He's like, mm. nah, it's just lice. Um, so that she sort of starts to stand up a little bit and she says, I will offer you one of two options. Either you turn away now and leave, or I will claim each of the weapons you carry all of the items you bear, and all of the wealth you have brought to me as treasure. I will keep it, and I will remember you all as fair fighters. Which would you choose? To die or to live? If you believe that you are going to live to enjoy that treasure, you are sadly deluded. that she pulls the blade out of the ground with a very very awkward sort of like sling chunk noise as it rips up and you see cobblestone shift as she pulls the blade out and as she holds it she steps down from the throne and the entire room shakes just a little bit under her weight as she seems to kind of carry through in her step and with that she says very well then and i suppose we're going to just roll for initiative at this point Unless anybody uh, else had anything uh, they wanted uh, to say. And, and, and Norhill's going to keep going uh, as she sta- she stands up. You, you, you believe that you are queen? Queen of what? 
a kingdom of shambling corpses. And one day, when you sit in the ruins of whatever's left of this place, your life will be just another snuffed out. And you'll be just another shambling corpse if what I suspect is true. And what do you suspect to be true, little one? This power, that this dark energy that you speak of, empowering you? It is the Lich exerting his control over this place, as he seems to do all over this region. He lets out a bellowing, hooting laugh that demoralizes you in a way that I guess you wouldn't have anticipated. And she comes back from this raucous laughter and says, little one, do not make me laugh that way again. I would hate to uh, throw myself out before I slaughter you later. I am not powered by that lich. And instead, I've been granted gifts similar to his by the same gods who gave him power. I am powered by Durum, god of death and the rot. Those foolish frost giants who would say they had power over me will learn there is great strength in such dark magics. I've met others in my time who believe to have been empowered by gods of death. We took their heads and used it in order to intimidate their followers into fleeing. You would share their fate? He says, you haven't the muscle to lift my head, nor my finger, nor my blade. You will die this day, and your threats are empty. Are there two zombies in front of me that I need to turn? What I'm seeing. No. They're just piles of bones. Right. Seems I, like I she may have been preparing them. to raise them. I will, I? We will not hesitate to teach you the same lesson we taught your men. And she says they were weak, and now they are strong, perpetual, undeath. Like two of them are just stuck in a hole outside. <laughs> like just sort of like bouncing around in there. Are you going to get them out later? I think she's going to even honor this with a response. I'm just Gleek is just spitting facts. I don't know, man. Gotta treat your 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 little followers right, alive or dead. Well, That's if pretty- there's nothing else to be said, she is going to start this with an initiative roll. So, anybody else got any chiming in they want to do? Uh, I just want. I'm just. Curious, could I use a turn undead to like counteract her raise undead? Is that like a thing? Like if she tries to raise him? No. Okay. I mean, raising the undead is going to take a bit anyway, and it doesn't really seem like she's going to be doing it. The setup that she has in here seems like it's more ritualistic rather than like necromancer oh, casting this spell. Okay. Initiative. Okay, well, that is I'm going to roll for my initiative. Yeah, uh, Norhills have quips. Um, hmm. He's enough. also I'll back to his warp initiative side. from last session with a six. Okay. Oh, I got a six. We got to roll off. Nine. You guys are making me proud. Wait, I got a nine too. <laughs> oh my god. 
Here we go. Nineteen. Six. So okay. okay. So high six and low six. I'm proud of both of you. We <laughs> did it. We're the best around. <laughs> um. Okay. What about uh, Jarzak and Klika? Klika got uh, thirteen. Sixteen. Okay. So with that, uh, Tragloka seems to be the most uh, prepared out of everybody. I guess waiting for you guys to shut up and stop throwing nonsense at her. Um, so, wait, what the heck? Okay. Well, you guys wouldn't be shouting at her from 200 feet away, so I'm going to have to move you into this chamber just a little bit. Mm. You said as soon as we entered, she pulled out and said that all that stuff. <laughs> Imagine, you know, we've been taking some threatening steps forward uh, through all this. It just didn't work. I mean, so the room itself is about 100 feet on each side, making a generally square shape. Um, but yeah, okay. So in that case, uh, with absolute reckless abandon, um, she is going to just charge forward uh, over the bones in the center of the room and... Uh, yeah, she's going to just try to charge right forward at you guys. And for a moment, you guys get a, a bit of a reminder of that combat that you got into at the uh, tavern in Gallad Bay as she tries to just absolutely stomp past you guys and over you guys. Um, so I am going to need from the entire party, except for, let's see, who's going to be lucky on this one? Uh, I'll say Jarzak because he got the higher initiative. Um, so I'm going to need a dexterity saving throw or a strength saving throw. Strength From is everybody better than dexterity. I am going to use an ability. Uh, I am going to use Indomitable. Uh, right. Once a day, I can re-roll a failed saving throw. Okay. And I'm pretty sure a six on the die was going to be a failure. Okay, that's Ooh. significantly better. I got an 18 on strength. Well, uh, I got a 25 on my strength saving throw. I clearly got well. an 18 on dex, so probably not. So because Norhill got the high strength there, she is actually not able to finish her charge. The second time this has happened now that Norhill has been able to like absolutely like stop a charging creature. This is the third time this has happened now that I think about it. Yeah. Norhill's just been put that time. Norhill won like the fucking breeding show off contest with the elk man. Yeah, the bulk off, the, the buck off. So, <laughs> as it comes charging up to you and smacks the bones aside full speed. Um, yeah. You're uh, you're able to hold her back, and she's not able to run into Anton or Klika or Jarzak at this point. Uh, absolutely enraged by this insolence, however, she begins to swing on you with her weapon. And what a fucking weapon it is! Oh boy. Uh, so one weapon swing. Actually, yeah. Cool. All right. So I missed. <laughs> at least I think I did. Uh, uh, Nor Norhill's armor class is a 20 right now. Well, I got a 14, so. Um, so now she swings into the second swing, and that one might be it. Hold up. Here we go. 
1819 is a miss. Holy smokes. So yeah, she swings in both times with her greatsword, both times trying to swing for a different side of your armor. She manages to catch both sides of your shield as you bring it to either side. Probably uh, thanking your stars that Jarzak's holding the axe instead of you at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so now it goes to next highest in initiative, which is Jarzak. Jarzak's going to use his Hexblade Curse. Okay. Is that a bonus action to do that? Yeah. I'm going to move to the back side of it. So I'm flanking and I'm going to pull out the, the axe and attack. Okay. Um, 24 to hit yeah that's good okay and on my strength save I got a 19 so for damage we got Got uh, eighteen six. Uh, doing math real quick, because I also add plus four to it. So we're at a uh, twenty-eight. Damn. Okay. And then I'll attack again. Uh, twenty-two to hit. That's good. I'll need another strength save. I got a 19 again. Okay. Uh, 25 damage. God damn. I mean, I rolled a 1 and a 2 on my big damage dice for both of them, so that was not great. Junk. So (laughs) with that she seems to uh, shriek in pain as you pop up behind her and swing twice like that, um, chopping at her both times with that axe, and she looks to you and she says, you bastard, you little bastard. Uh, can you roll me a dexterity saving throw? Uh, we gave you the opportunity to not do this. A four? She asked for it. Oh no! So she picks you up and squeezes in you in her hand and whips you 60, 60 feet across the room behind, uh, or at least nearly to the throne itself. Yeah, that's behind the throne. So she chucks you all the way behind the throne. You get thrown all the way back there and you take da, 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 damage. It's all bludgeoning damage. But you take a total of 7, 10, 12, 22 points of damage. Okay. And now we go to Klika. Oh, okay. Uh, Klika will. Did you see Jarzak get yeeted across the room? Sure did. All right. 
Gleek is gonna move in the flanking behind her. I guess in front of her now. From behind her. Yeah, you can just go between your legs. Uh, bonus action shadow blade. And make an attack. Uh, I'm gonna twin spell booming blade, so I'm gonna be making two attacks. Okay. Uh, 22 on the first one. For 22 damage. Neat. Uh-huh. What about the other one? Uh, 20 to hit. Okay, that's a little good. For 29 damage. Damn. So already she is not looking good. Fairy of the Small. Nine extra damage. Saved it the whole last time for this fight, and we didn't even get to her. <laughs> She's still not looking good. Um, okay. And so if that's the end of your turn, it's going to go to Norhill. Yeah. Right. Uh, Norhill is going to start swinging at her uh, with the hook side of the hook hammer. Uh, let's see, that is going to be a 25 to hit. That's fine. Right, uh, and Norhill is going to make this a goading attack. So he's going to swing it at her once, hit, uh, and say, Do not ignore me, Tragaloka. I said that I would teach you the same lessons your men. And roll minimum damage. Uh, almost. Uh, that's going to be 10 points of piercing and lightning damage. Um, what was the saving throw I had to get? Uh, it is a DC 16. Uh, just one moment. Wisdom. I got 16. Okay, uh, so she has no disadvantage because Mitsa beats it. Um, she just smirks at you with a very unpleasant look on her face. Yeah, uh, so Norhill is going to make his next attack. Um, Anton, do you need to get out of combat? I, c- I could get out of range. I mean, I, I have longer spells. So I'll head more in the direction of Jarzak. I'm sure he's not like Okay, uh, so Norhill's going to make Ooh, and Norhill's going to roll two 19s. Uh, so th- that's going to be a pair of 28s to hit. Okay, those are both good. Yep, and Norhill's going to turn this one into, uh, what's it called, a maneuvering attack. Uh, so he's going to do his extra damage, and if Anton wants, he can move, he can use a reaction and use half his speed to move away from Tragologo without provoking attacks of opportunity. So you could get out of swimming distance. So I could move uh, 15 feet? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to move to the... Oh, sorry, I'm on the uh, tool. So that is going to be 21 points of piercing and lightning damage. So she definitely seems to be wounded, if not bloodied at this point. 
Norhill's going to action charge for two more times. Jesus Christ. Norhill <laughs> came to play. Hell yeah. Listen. <laughs> uh, let's see. 27 to hit on the first one. And I'm just going to roll together. Uh, ooh. Uh, that's going to be a five and a six, though. So 15 to hit on the second one. 15's a mess. Got a little bit too big for my britches there, I guess. Uh, for another 15 points of piercing and lightning damage. Okay. okay. And if that's the end of your turn, now it goes to Anton. Yep. Did Anton move? Uh, I mean, I, I used the reaction to move uh, that Norhill granted me. Um, I kind of yell out to Jarzak, I'm like, Jarzak, are you feeling okay? <laughs> I'm good. Hmm, just a single thumb pops up from behind. <laughs> just just hanging out. <laughs> I meant to do and, this. And then I actually want to try a new spell. Because I actually did my oh, job. Boy. That was good. I want to try Guiding Bolt. That is. I've never used that before. It's a fun little spell. But I got 16. I don't know if that hit. Did not. Damn it. The okay. first person to miss. It's typically me. It's okay. So one thing you notice when you try firing in on her, um, when you fire in, the guiding bolt sort of gleams from the lantern and shoots exactly through her face. But what you notice is it seems to zing through it as if she's nothing more than an illusion where she's standing. And all of a sudden you realize as you kind of like look a little bit to the left and to the right, that there almost seems to be like a projected copy of her before her. There's some interesting magic. Right. So if that's the end of your turn. Yeah, I don't think there's anything else I can do because she didn't swing at me, so I can't use my reaction. Okay. So now what she's going to do. Well, actually, because it's your turn, your reaction refreshes. Well, I, I, I wanted, I want to use warding flare more, but that only gets. Well, it actually activates if anyone, if she swings at anybody. So, I forget that that's not just me anymore. That can that that gets set off when. I could, uh, I could use my reaction to impose disadvantage on her next attack roll. Okay. Well, looks like she's about to chop down on Norhill. So, if you'd like to. You can impose that pretty quick. I'll do it. Is this the one that you're allowed to do it after it's a success? Or is this the one that you have to do it before? Um, It says, when you're attacked by a character that can be blinded. But I know there's something about, like, now I can use it even if um, it, I get improved flare. Um, I can use my warning flare when a creature that you see within 30 feet of you attacks oh, okay. a creature other than you. Um, it's, so, it's sort of like the protection fighter ability where it's just you have disadvantage. Yeah, it doesn't seem like yeah, there's so it like doesn't a... yeah. So it doesn't happen after the success. You have to announce it before the attack. So oh. okay, so she's or at least before the attack is completed. So she is going to try to swing in on Norhill. I try to blind her like a flashlight. Solar okay. flare. Um, so uh, when you do it, you do it at the particular right moment, noticing that there is sort of that weird projected image of her in the way. And as you shine it in on her, 
um, you shine through the other one where you expect her face to actually be, and you can hear her bellow in agony and swing well over Norhill's head. Um, but at this point, yeah, she's going to swing in for a backhanded swing, continuing through on Norhill. Um, so Norhill's armor class is 20. Yep. I got a 20. Um, now I'm just waiting okay. for... Yeah, uh, warding go. maneuver, my armor class is now 23. So as she misses and realizes your annoying little attempts here, I'm going to need everybody within 15 feet of her to go ahead and make a dexterity or strength saving throw. She was just trying to save Jarzak. I get it now. My queen. <laughs> <laughs> He's been back there like, nice. He's not We're doing He's this watching. again. Uh-oh. Hey, um, oh, well, well, got an 18. <laughs> Anson got a, got a um an eight. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, he got a twenty-one. Okay, so with that, she stomps her feet on the ground in like one big gigantic stomp, and the reverberations are enough that it throws Anton completely off kilter, and he is now stunned for one turn. Klika and Norhill, however, know how to jump, like double jumping on a trampoline and jump at the perfect moment to avoid the brunt of it. So you guys are okay. But Anton, on the other hand, has never been on a trampoline. Or he was just a poor boy. Damn, that's sad. You just had to imagine trampolines. Um, Okay. And now it goes to Jarzak. Okay. I, uh... Oh, I guess I'll use my bonus action teleport. And then my move to get back up 60 feet real quick. Okay. And then I'm going to attack. Okay. A yellow. I'll attack with the, the, the axe. I was real tempted to pull out Domero's luck. Do Please it. No. Do it. Uh, that's a crit. Damn. See, this this is why it should have been Dolmaro's luck. You could have you could have turned it into a pile of cake or something. We don't know. Or don't you could have been a pile of cake. <laughs> we we all could have been or... cake. <laughs> could have been fun. Yeah, it turns I out really Jarzak just ends the whole been. plane of existence right there. Yeah, and I'm gonna add a. Oh, what is it? I'm going to add my Eldritch Smite onto it as a spell slot. Of course, because we got to just stack up as much damage as possible. Uh, You have to double those die, too. Ooh, do you? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's what I was saying. It's going to be like 86. One time I can do good damage if I quit and have a spell slot available. It could have been Domero's luck doing all this. <laughs> yeah. He could have done epic damage and turned it into Kate. Uh, Let them crit Kate. Okay. Uh, the suspense is killing me. going to be... Uh, 80 damage. 
oh is that all very uh, good yeah that, that's all i can do well shit okay so as we do so she cries out in agony and um yeah you can see her cloak starts to do that thing again where all of a sudden you see like a projection of her directly in front of you and it just really plays fucking games with your brain as it seems like she's in two places at one time as you look at her. It's kind of like that weird thing where you look at like the scramble of colored lines illusion thing. And if you look at it through it, you see an image upon the image. It's kind of what she looks like right now. Um, hmm. But yeah. Okay. Is that it for your turn? Uh, 16 to hit on my second attack. That's a miss. Okay. Yeah. Then that's it's also a disadvantage. A disadvantage. Okay. Oh. Well, let me re-roll Attacks that. against then. her. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Wouldn't it just be flat because I have flanking? Yes. Y- yeah. Yeah, okay. So then I guess we don't. Yeah, but that's, that's right. still a miss, so, so it doesn't matter. I am going to need uh, you and Klika to go ahead and roll me a uh, strength or dexterity saving throw, however. Yeehaw. Nice. 27 from Klika. 15 from Jarzak. Most I've ever gotten. <laughs> well, so with that, Klika manages but... to, to quickly flatten on the ground right before she kicks her over. Um, <laughs> and Jarzak, on the other hand, doing a bit of a whoop whoop victory dance, looking at Klika like, guess who else can do nearly 100 damage in one fucking swing? Uh, Jarzak, what did you say you got? A 15. Okay, good. Just making sure I'm not doing one of those things where I go in a whole speech, and then you say, I actually got 18, and I'm like, oh, okay. Fuck me, I guess. <laughs> enjoy this. So that Jarzag gets thrown aside. Uh, you fall prone, and as you get smacked uh, to the side, you take... Okay, that's weird. Um, 16... 22 points of damage as you're knocked aside. Did you do 22 before, too? Uh, I think yeah, I did. Um, did I like she, how... did the giant ever make the strength save on the axe hit? I got a fifteen on the die before bonuses. Oh uh, yeah, twenty-two damage it is. Okay, so you're knocked prone, and she trudges out of that area and rushes across the room to the other side. Haha, she's activated my trap card. Oh no, she takes four thunder damage. Four. Yeah. She's like, oh, she just drops dead. Yeah. <laughs> Do um, we get attacks of okay. opportunity or is that? No, yeah. Um, no, I didn't put anything in the text about that. So, yeah, you'd be able to. Jarzak wouldn't because he got knocked prone with it. Okay. And Norhill already used his reaction this round. So. I only got a 15. I'd like to prove to you that I can hit someone when laying down with an axe. <laughs> would you like to roll again at disadvantage Jarzak uh, yes tell you what I'll let you have it perfect thank you not quite but nope that's pretty low we're, we're good I can't actually okay. prove that to you Okay, so with that, uh, she ends her turn over on the side over here by what appears to be a massive sarcophagus 
and a stack of books over on a bookshelf. Um, so now it goes to you, Jarzak, from the prone position. Teleport next to her prone. What? I said teleport next to her prone. The perfect plan. Yeah, sounds good. Teleport next to her. Teleport I do stand up. Ninety first. degrees, yeah, ninety degrees rotated. So you just yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you don't have to lose any movement. Oh, Big brain. Yeah, I do what I do that. Good. No, you don't. So with that, you teleport next to a prone. Well, I hope you're feeling lucky. Jarzak pulls out Domro's luck. Oh, fuck you're still it. prone. I feel like you're still prone. No, like no, no. I said I stand up first. Definitely do it. <laughs> okay, don't forget that sweet disadvantage. Oh no! You just have to roll two twenties. A one in four hundred chance, easy money. No, no, no. We need only nineteens. Ah, oh, that's fucking one in two hundred chance. Then maybe uh, sixteen to hit. 16 is not good enough. Okay. That made me that, sad. That, yeah, that's it for me. Oh, no. Okay. You know, you're going to be even more mad when I do my next thing. <laughs> hey, Jarzak, can you make another dexterity saving throw? <laughs> A 12? <laughs> A 12. As you teleport into place and say, I hope you're feeling lucky. You're swinging on the weird, like transposed shadow form of her in front of her, and a hand reaches between the illusion's legs and grabs you by yours and picks you up and just throws you at Klika. Um, I'm gonna make an attack roll, like Jarzak is a thrown object. <laughs> What's Klika's armor, armor class? 21. Oh shit, and a biscuit. I just got a 27. So, unless you got some wild move you want to use. Nope. I mean, that's only improvised okay. weapon damage, so we're good. Well, right? Right? Only like a D3. <laughs> It'll be fine. Well, till you remember that as a huge character, I get to triple that. There's no rules for that. <laughs> There's at least one Wait, rule for that. Does damage Jarzak too, or is it only damage to that? Oh, no, it definitely Jarzak takes damage, too. So Jarzak flings from there 20 feet. So you only take 2d6 of damage. So Jarzak takes 5 points of damage. So that's not bad. Klika, however, gets hit with the Jarzak missile at first speed. And that was a little bit better. I got 3, 6, 7 plus 6. So you take 13 points of Jarzak damage. Is this a spell? Can I counter spell Jarzak? Jarzak disappears. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so would Jarzak damage be necrotic damage? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, okay, and then now it goes to Klika. Okay. Klika brushes herself off. It's gonna go it's over and Jarzak do... off of her. Yeah. Do her best. What's the lighting like in here? 
I mean, it's well enough lit with the torches on the pillars and everything. Okay, so these will be at disadvantage. Still at disadvantage? Yep. Okay, does a 24 hit? It sure does. All right, nice. I'll twin spell this, too. Of course you will. So that's 25 uh, damage. And is my attack still at disadvantage? Yep. Uh, yeah, this item's pretty wild. Okay, that's only 11 to hit on the second, so. Okay. All right. Yeah, so I, she's not doing well. That's Klika's turn. Okay. Uh, now it goes to Norhill. All right. Uh, Norhill uh, is going to proclaim For glory, I march. Uh, to activate the boots and just go stomping across the room uh, to come stand next to the giant and flanking with Klika and start making his attacks. At no disadvantage, no advantage. All right. Uh, so the first attack is going to be a 26 to hit. Damn it. And the second attack is going to be a 24. Double damage. Uh, so let's see. So that first attack, um, and I'm going to roll the, uh, all of this together. Uh, so that first attack is going to be a disarming attack. So have her make a DC 16 strength saving throw. You say DC 16? Yep. Okay, she passed. All right. Well, you know, I didn't think she'd fail, but might as well try. It's worth it. Uh, 32 points of piercing and lightning damage. Jesus. Well, she's dead, so... Huzzah! What does that look like? I don't know. She might come back. Uh, so Norhill comes running up, uh, you know, tries to strike for her weapon hand uh, with the hook hammer, uh, mm -hmm. but manages to, like, I don't know, skewer her through the wrist, uh, and then pull her down, uh, de dealing lethal damage all way. Okay. Cool. So as she slams into the ground with a crunch, she lays there with blood seeping out of her face, out of a crack in her head, and as she lays there her, and her eyes roll back in her head, her tongue lops out, and it starts to turn a most vile black color, and you can hear a whispering noise coming from inside of her throat, and you can hear some strange infernal speak coming from the other side. Something oh. very, very vile. What is the it? incantations, which Jarzak can hear and understand. He's like, oh shit, this is coming in handy. It is the recitation of 1,000 different ways people have died before her. And it is the most unholy speech you've ever heard before. Just the recounting of thousands of dead and their ways of death. And as that seems to be coming out of her mouth, her skin on her forehead begins to peel away, and her skull starts to try to creep and crawl out of her head. Uh, yeah, what Norhill would you guys like to having, do? Yeah, burning, not having burning, any of this, he's going to spin the hammer, the hook hammer around in his hands so that he has the hammer side. He's going to two-hand try to uh, bash the head into pieces to make this bullshit stop. 
Do I need to turn it? What'd you say? Do I have to turn her? Is she like turning into undead? I mean, you could try. Yes. She's gonna go ahead and cast fire shield. Uh, do you need me? Like to everybody's getting ready. Well, well, the, well, it's a it's a DC save of sixteen. Yeah, you... So, yeah, does it work? Garzak's um, just gonna ask an infernal. Do you need help? Good. So as Darzak says it, um, something comes to you, and I need you to roll a charisma saving throw. Oh, nice. <laughs> Make your friends. A 13? Fuck yeah, dude. Please don't be okay. the Jarzak, you are stunned. As you said that, you feel something enter your brain, as well as the... Uh, dark itchiness you usually feel but this is a very smelly dark itchy feeling that comes in your brain when you say do you need help something jumps in and you start to see the cataloging of all these violent deaths starting with tragloka and just going through tons of different beings and creatures at that like one most painfully macabre instant of like exact moment of death and it is absolutely maddening i'm going to give you one more charisma check Nor Norhill got a crit, by the way, to destroy whatever this is. I'm trying to turn her. A 13 again. (laughs) (laughs) Huge. Yep. Rolling fours. I I have a plus nine. I I don't don't know, man. (laughs) Do I need to turn (laughs) Jarzak? Very well. So with that, you regain your consciousness and you like take a snap back from that stunned feeling and you can see Norhill is absolutely slamming that skull back into the it back into its head, just like straight up, just you know, golf putting that thing back in there. And Anton is approaching, holding the lantern, trying to turn the whatever the fuck this is back into its skin. And Klika stands back with fire shield at the ready. I like how the party has handled this. Norhill swings on it. Anton uses religion. Jarzak fucking greets it and asks if it needs a hand. <laughs> Klika uses fire shield. I don't. I don't know why that's just like you were all given one opportunity, and you sure did show some colors. Mm. So as Anton sends it back, reciting holy incantations and holding up the holy uh, lantern, there um, the light drives the skeleton back into the skin, and Norhill fucking keeps it there by slamming the skull in with a hearty crunch. Um, <laughs> yeah. So with that, the thing stops writhing. It stops moving. Uh, Jarzak. You, after that moment, and like come back to your senses and see the rest of the party sort of huffing and puffing, you are haunted by visions of these macabre like death scenes. And they just sort of every like split second or so, you just get like this like, like pop up screen second of just like seeing something absolutely unholy and dead. Well, I guess didn't fucking need help. Cool. Uh, Jarzak's gonna go check the body for loot. Okay. Mostly um, wants to on, check the cloak that she had. Yeah, on, on her back um, is a cloak that looks like... Actually, um, I'll allow a nature check or an arcana check. I have a feeling they know what it is. 
A six on nature. My nice. rolls have been real bad. <laughs> I got one crit, but that was it. <laughs> okay. Is anybody else taking a peek at this thing? Um, actually, I'll try. Tinko wants to just make sure the sarcophagus doesn't start acting up. That's oh a God. weird thing to just, have. Just eyes peeled, staring at it at the ready. The fire shield still up, just staring at it with the blade. Um, yeah, nothing seems to continue to rattle or anything uh, like that. I didn't do any better. I got a six on me. I got a five on nature. I didn't do any better. Okay. I don't know. You had knowledge of nature. I fucking don't. Did you say also an arcana? I have a nine. Fuck yeah, let's go. Jesus. So everybody here sees this strange furry black cloak on on the Tragloka, and it has a couple of strange spined tentacles dangling off of it. Um, Overall, it seems to be short-haired, and it seems to be so expertly crafted that it looks like it was a skinned beast of some sort. If Jarzak were to put it on, it would cover him like to the floor, like a full black and inky cloak that under the light of torches seems to absorb much of the light. Um, but if you do choose to wear it and attune to it, um, if you are attacked and take damage, you have advantage. I mean, disadvantage. all attacks against you have disadvantage for the rest of your turn. Sorry, for the rest of anybody's turn until you get back to yours. Jarzak for sure was eyeing that the whole time and he goes up to it. I think I think this suits me and just throws it on. Very good. Um, you wanted to help yourself to it. Apart from that, the uh, weapon that she wields is larger than like a kayak. Like not one person in this group would have a snowball's chance in hell to be able to pick this thing up and wield it. But overall, it looks absolutely masterfully crafted. Um, oddly enough, not one person got hit by it, and I gotta tell you, it would have been very sad to hit y'all with 96 of damage. Um, I, I mean, you almost killed Jarzak by throwing him across the room, by the way, so you got real close. <laughs> to be honest, I'll be honest with you. That, that was pretty was good. It. Yeah. It was Actually, so I, I have a question. Like, how identifiable is her weapon? In what if, sense? Like, if somebody saw it, would they know, like, oh, yes, that's Trigologa's sword? I would definitely say it's very recognizable. What are the odds that Norhill could like fry off like the pommel and cross guard? Well, can we shrink it? Like, does anyone have a shrink spell? If anybody <laughs> had it, it would be you. I don't I think oh, I have. You got one. a bag of holding. You could always just slide it in. I mean, any weapon Jarzak attunes to becomes charisma-based to wield. So technically, Jarzak could wield it. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, so I suppose also, apart from all of the uh, stuff you're looting off her corpse, uh, she also has a very fancy ring on it, uh, on her finger. It is a gold ring that has three separate lightning bolts on it. Um, each one seems to be a topaz sort of fitted into it. Um, and removing the ring, it does size down to the palm of whoever's holding it. Um, but yeah. And apart yeah. from that, in the corner by the silver dragon skull, there is a massive pile of artwork as well as gold coins and the like. Um, 
if you'd like to know how much gold coinage, I mean, coinage in general, I mean, there's over 5,000 gold pieces just kind of chilling in stacks. Um, I'll give you guys the full route readout of all the uh, wealth later, but uh, as of right now, as it stands, between the gold and the platinum pieces, um, yeah, it looks like the overall worth is probably somewhere around 6,000 gold pieces. And amongst the artwork, there's tapestries, there's mugs, there's robes, um, series of figurines made out of precious gemstones, um, and a couple of statues. Uh, there's also a potion, a giant weird jug labeled with a bunch of different holes all over it. Um, and I guess this one would probably appeal most to Norhill, if not to Anton, but there is a shield. Um, I'm trying to think about what the name of that kind of shield is. The diamond-shaped shields there? I'm trying to remember oh, the actual the kite name for ones? it. But... Yeah, like a kite shield? No, no kite shield is... No, because the kite shield is the one that's like the square with the triangle on the bottom, right? Or yeah. is that a heater? Oh, I don't know. No, Either way. is a circle, isn't it? I don't know. You know, here we are pretending. Um, so, yeah, it's a diamond-shaped shield, but the most interesting characteristic about it is that it seems to be uh, a steel forged shield, but wreathed with delicate detail with white dragon scales. It would seem that holding this is frigid to the touch, but it would provide whoever wields it uh, with cold resistance. And holding it in your hands, it seems to have magical properties. As you hold it, it seems to be lighter than a wooden shield of the same size. Yeah, Noriel's going to pick it up and test out a uh, thing of beauty, says I. Clicka will grab the ring, I guess, just to see what it does eventually. I, I imagine the party takes an hour or so in here to just kind of like... Uh, so one, one specific question I did have while we take that hour is Norhill's going to go look at the throne. Uh, are there any particular details on it? No, to the point, it almost gives you a strange feeling. As you look at it, you recognize something about it seems to be a little bit extra like dwarfish in the sense that some dwarves have a desire to, you know, over detail things like this. And to a certain extent, other dwarves that hold certain things like honor in mind and, and sort of a, what's I'm looking for, like uh, heritage and things like that, like their history and their people, they will have thrones like this that are a lot more simple and a lot more just like ancient stones as if perhaps the first stones carved out of the structure or perhaps like stones that have some sort of historic meaning to like a certain valley or something like that where they sort of like the crucible of where the dwarves of that certain clan you know started from so seeing the stone throne like this it looks like it may be the latter of those two um and it definitely seems like the kind of thing where dwarves definitely fashioned this throne at one point fine work do you want to look any closer at this? Yeah, if there's anything else to look at. Did, didn't we know of it? Wasn't there a history of dwarves in this land at one point? Like, wasn't that a thing? There was. Yep. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I remember Norhill said our history is very depressing. Very good. Um, and uh, once you're done with all that, can Kika take a look at the dragon skull and the sarcophagus? Yeah, I, guess I want to pick up the books. Click is definitely so, trying to figure out if this is um, uh, 
What was that little cutie's name? Uh, Sarah, Sarah Celeste. Yeah, Sarah Celeste. Um, I Mom guess the or last, some shit. I guess the last detail for for Norhill with the uh, the throne there, you see a certain group of dwarfish runes carved into the top of it, right where like the head would be on this throne, um, and it says Night Crag, which reminds you of the same name that our friend Yuli, the uh, little halfling caster there, had told you. the name of those uh, dwarves that had lived out here. Um, seeing that name kind of gives you a sense that, like, I don't know. You feel a lot of dwarfish guilt, <laughs> I guess. You get that feeling of dwarfish lament as you look around this place and recognize much of the gold may have been theirs. All these things may have been theirs at one point. There may have been, like, an actual standing bridge at one point. You know what I mean? It just gives you this feeling that, At one point in time, this place may have been an outpost. It may have been a duke's lair or something like that. But, yeah. Um, and apart from that, Kleeka looking at the skull, it seems to be too weathered and to be too busted up to have been fresh enough, you know? Um, but it definitely seems to be a silver one, judging by the uh, sort of the crenellations on the chin where, like, the bony sort of ridges form on it. Um, but this looks like it belonged to one massive dragon. Mm. And then Klika also wanting to look over the sarcophagus. It seems to be sealed shut with a couple of like brackets that are actually fastened on there. Did you actually want to like remove those and take a peek inside? Mm. Sure. Okay. So removing the separate uh, fastenings and everything like that, you pop it open and inside is a single rolled up scroll and there's nothing else inside of it. But judging by the size, it looks like um, the frost giant herself could maybe have fit in there in some very, very unfortunate way. Thinking about the logistics of that, she would have to herself climb in and like force herself to fit in there. if not have a group of people shove her in and fit her in there. Um, looking over the scroll, it does have some markings in Infernal, and it seems to be something of like a, a written scroll, if not a, uh, I'm trying to think, like a holy sort of like writing. You know what I mean? Like a strange little inscribed incantation, a holy paper. And then Anton looking over the books on the bookshelves. These books are absolutely ancient, but again, most of them seem to be written in dwarfish. Yeah, we can actually do our tongues prepared. <laughs> What'd you say? I think I have tongues prepared. Oh, very good. Just get some light reading in. Yeah. Why Okay. are you being so silly? I think I mean, I can't overall, probably. the books, when you look them over, they don't seem to be anything more than like historical records as well as markings of like deeds of land and honorable acts of members of the Night Crag clan. Um, but apart from that, it's just books on like, you know, the usual things, brewing, mining, stonemasonry, honor, fighting styles, war, ethics, history. Should I take a look? I, I guess if Klika tells us about it, try to read the scroll and get a better idea what the hell's on there. If you're okay with it. Yeah, click is fine with that.
Yeah, I'll try to interpret this girl without casting anything. Okay. Um, as you pick it up and begin to read it, what is your alignment? Oh, fuck. I'm actually, I'm pretty sure I'm a... Uh... You feel good? Where, where is my I imagine you're neutral good. I am uh, neutral good, yes. Okay. I, I just kind of check out the amount of times you throw the middle finger to God, but also agree to do things because a king told you to. It just feels like there's a lot of, you know, a balance. <laughs> um, can you roll me a charisma saving throw? Oh, shit. Sure. I'm sorry, Illuminator. I fucked up. Illuminator, I have fucked up. I got neat. <laughs> so as you begin to read it over, what you realize is this seems to be a collection of descriptions of the macabre, uh, various descriptions of like the entrance to the realms of death. Um, again, it speaks very highly of Durum, which is the god of, of death, rot and undeath. Um, and basically it explains how to get your body prepared for undeath and not in the way of a lich, but in the way of like preserving yourself. So somebody can turn you into a really, really good zombie someday. And the level of detail that comes along with how to like desecrate your body in a way to prepare yourself with things like flayings, removals of skin, certain poisonous things to drink in order to prepare your organs as liquids. It's it's so mind-numbingly evil and awful and macabre that it gives you uh, real bad feelings. Can you roll me one more charisma check? Yeah, I'm going to kind of look toward her body just to like an idea of like, I think this is what this she was trying to do. And I roll a 23. Okay. Looking to the light on your lantern and thinking of era and the blessed holy waters you're able to shrug off the nightmarish images and you're able to sort of cleanse your mind of it and think of a holier cleaner place jarzak on the other hand is stuck watching the uh <laughs> watching yeah, right. one more just horrible thing for jarzak like yeah, jarzak on. would also be looking at the books and see if any are written in like infernal yeah, no, none of these books are, but you did see the scroll, um, and it definitely looks super-duper spooky and awful. If you read it, it's the same thing. It's just you don't really feel as, like, messed up by it. Kind of reminds me of that scene in Futurama where they have the x-ray flashlight, and they shine it at Fry's crotch, and he's like, ow, my sperm! And then he shines it again, he's like, huh, didn't hurt that time. <laughs> and I just think about that happening with, with Jarzak reading the scroll. Anton's like, oh, it's so gross. And Jarzak just kind of holds it sideways, look at it the other way, and he's like, nah, I don't get it. It's not that bad. He's over here. Like, do you want to keep the scroll, or I, I don't know if I should keep it or destroy it. I feel like a part of me is like, question? why would what? you keep it? We'll yeah. show it to our enemies. Well, I no, I'm like just I'm just thinking. I wonder if our guy, hopefully, if we fucking meet him, and he can give us more insight on how the hell does she have this, and like what is this, and where does this all like come from? I mean, he seems like he'd be a pretty knowledgeable guy, right? Like he's trying to live forever to gain like knowledge. That isn't that his thing. One would imagine, considering 
the horrible effect it's just had on you. I don't think it's worth the risk. I burn it. <laughs> just Jarzak. Like, yeah, but Jarzak's always like that. He's just having visions, swatting at flies that aren't there, scratching <laughs> his skin where his flesh used to be. Uh-huh. You know, Jarzak's really been through it. <laughs> I mean, Klika got monkey it. feet. Yeah, I'm just going to burn it. Yeah, Klika's okay. damage is all emotional. Very good. So, holding up your lantern, a blinding white hot light shoots from the lantern at the scroll, and it manages to cook into a blackened smoke and leave behind perfectly blackened ashes. You feel as if a certain dark energy has been released, but under your holy uh, vigilance, it is immediately eradicated. The Illuminator wins another day. Now we must head out. And I'm I'm curious to see, I kind of want to head down the hall and see if her other... I'm assuming her other raised undead if they're still raised or if they're like gone gone because she's down. No, once you go down the hallway, you can still hear him charging around in there. Oh, fuck. Because I'm thinking immediately she's like, she sent her people over there. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck it's doing. Gallup isn't. Well, Klika did I'm pretty sure. Hold on. I did grab the teleportation circle at the church, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Klika can get us back to Gallad Bay if we're all good here. Are we bringing the sword with us? Yes, I would like to have some sort of proof uh, for Lord Anthar. Yeah, uh, I would like to have some sort of proof for Lord Anthar that we were successful. So Norhill is going to try his best to shove the sword into the bag of holding like an inch at a time. I mean, we can just have two of side. us, two of us yeah, holding yeah, yeah. it and while we teleport. Like, yeah, we should we should it probably just... save some of the room in the bag for shoveling the ridiculous pile of gold into it. Well, I think maybe we can just teleport with all the gold too. <laughs> just like thinking it looks like a Diablo two villain when all the gold just starts like yeah. Ching, ching, ching. And it's like, no, <laughs> you ripped the bag. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah. With that, the party teleport through using the power of uh, magical starlight um, and find their way to just before the entrance to the church. Oh, that's good. We didn't just blow into the church, I guess. <laughs> if I had known that, I would have said we could just take the body. And just str- <laughs> lay that out in the middle of the square and see what giants want to step to it. Oh, God. Is that what you're really doing? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We look- well, no. It, it, it was effective the last time we did it, but I don't know. Yeah, that, that's an anti-move, not a move. <laughs> yeah, you know, considering that we didn't know where we were going to pop up, we, we'll just say we didn't think of it. I don't think we're gonna take her body. I think her head's already smashed enough by Norhill anyway. I don't think it'll yes, be recognized. I don't know who it was. Yeah. Yeah, it just, just could be any giant frost, frost he giant lady. Frost he busted giant. her brains in. <laughs> I think they're recognized I, there. So she was that, like way bigger. It's fine. The party uh, whoosh back. Um, also, before I forget, just so you guys know too, the uh, the ring that you had, uh, Klika, is a ring of evasion, 
which grants you three checks, uh, three deck saves. Uh, you're immediately able to uh, pass on all damage on them at your leisure. Um, yeah, uh, but beyond that, uh, there was also an alchemy jug hanging out in the mix, but, oh, well, you know, who cares about that? Nobody cares about the mayonnaise jug. Um, but yeah. <laughs> As I you can guys have a way magic beans. Can't wait. Now you have something right, so to anyway. season all your food and water that you summon with. I mean, actually, Thanks. Norhill is proficient in alchemist tools, so man, maybe he can figure out how the drug works. Good. Uh, so that the party pop out in the teleportation circle in front of the church. Uh, illuminating in starlight before coming to true form. Uh, it is about midday when you guys do this, and the square in the city it seems to be pretty well packed. Granted, you're not in like the most bustling area, but people all jump aside in fear when they see you guys appear. But with the, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you guys don't even have the sword or anything out. You just have it in the bag, right? Yeah, Norhill figured out he would have to carry it. So, oh yeah, I thought we were having like two people hold it. That's okay. Yeah, just double check on that. Like a canoe. Yeah, like a toboggan. (laughs) So as you guys pop out and hold the blade, um, like nearly a hundred people are in attendance, including some ogres in the mix as well. And from where you guys are standing on the hill by the church, people from around, including another couple hundred people in like the square, would definitely be able to hear you. And especially when you show up in a blast of blinding light, um. Yeah, so they all just kind of gasp and stare and look on at you guys. Um, should we just shout out Tragloka is no more? I think that would do. Uh, and then and Norhill steps up and sort of bellows out across uh, the town square. Tragloka is no more! Shove the sword down the down the uh, slope where it goes down to the square, clattering the whole way down. Just the just, just starts flipping end over end the long way, so it's like, oh my god, that's gonna hit somebody. <laughs> and it just keeps rolling down the hill, gaining speed, and you guys are like, oh shit, 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 shit. And it hits one ogre square in the gut, and he just <laughs> pulls the ground. And you're like, By really glad him. it didn't hit that guy. <laughs> And, yeah, right. And so with that, people look around and seem to be thrown off by this. Uh, but judging by that 20, I just rolled on the D20, people immediately begin to cheer and shout, and the ogres begin to look very panicked for a split second. Uh, not doing well to hide their uh, their little poker face here of uh, yeah their involvement with Tragloka. And at this point, people just start screaming and shouting and cheering about this. Um, yeah. So, I suppose that's where we'll end it. Hey everyone, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in. And if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at ygrognard on Twitter. Or you can even send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Dungeons.